Welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today we have with us just an amazing, an amazing guest. Talented, brilliant, beautiful, all all the things. But Isa Watson, how are you? I'm doing well today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What you working on? I mean, I, I like the scenery and the backdrop. It looks like you're in a, a pleasant space. I'm at my home. This is like the first apartment I've like really turned into a home. You know that like that shifts when you get to like a certain part of adulthood and you're like... Oh, being grown, you grown. Yeah, exactly. All the things. <laughs> well, look, we start each one of our shows by having our guests walk us through the arc of their careers. And you've been a scientist, a corporate executive, and now you're a lot of other things, author, writer, commentator, you name it. Walk us through your various career stops and why are you doing the work that you're doing now? Yeah, so um, I grew up in a big Caribbean family, but um I'm from the other Carolina, the North Carolina, the better uh, Carolina. We don't, I don't recognize that. Oh, okay. okay, got it. Cool, cool, cool. So no, my my dad is this kind of old school immigrant engineer. His philosophy in life was if you can't build it, then you shouldn't be using it. So from the time I was seven, back in the Comp USA Circuit City days, he was always taking me to buy the parts of a computer before um, so I could, you know, build my systems. And that morphed into me getting my first job as an organic chemistry researcher at 14 years old um, in the labs at UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, fun fact about that, um, my best friend, who was my first lab partner, is Dr. Kismikia Corbett, who um, we know uh, created the, led the creation of the Moderna vaccine. So full circle stop, um, just actually literally talked to her an hour ago. But, um, you know, that morphed into me actually being the youngest known published chemist in the world at 19 years old for my work on glucokinase activators. And I, you know, I fell in building. On what? You ran that, you said that real fast. Say that one more, and tell us what that is. Glucokinase activators. Um, so it was, uh, I was on a metabolic diseases team at Pfizer. So it was, you know, a particular kind of approach that we were looking to treat diabetes. And so you, you just, you that can you imagine you and Kizzy just on the same team together? I mean, that's that is isn't that the definition of black excellence at 14 years old? That's the thing. Like, we met when I was 14, she was 15. Yeah, oh my goodness. Uh, talk to us <laughs> a bit about Squad and how it came about, and why is a company like Squad necessary, and how does it differ from other platforms that may be similar? 100%. So, you know, during my time, um you know, at Pfizer, wanted to transition to the world of business. So I left, you know, to become, you know, the right hand to the, to the C-suite at J.P. Morgan. And, you know, the, the catalyst for squad came from that experience. You know, I was highly decorated in the science field. Um, but when I shifted to business, I was also highly decorated, the top 30s, the top 40s, et cetera. But the difference was we were now using social media to flex, and to be that personal brand tool. And so I got caught up and addicted to that in a way where I neglected, you know, my, my life in a big way. And, you know, my, my journey to entrepreneurship and, and creating squad was one that's deeply personal. Um, my parents sponsored a bus trip every year for kids to visit Hampton University. And this particular year, the bus ran off a straight road, flipped over and ejected both my parents out the front window. And my dad didn't survive that. And so hitting rock bottom felt a lot different. And, you know, just was made worse by the fact that I had neglected those stabilizing relationships. But then learning to talk about that, processing my grief, I realized I was far from the only person that was experiencing loneliness because I was conflating consumption with connection. And so I, you know, also felt like social media was going to reach a crash and burn, you know, point. And so I left to create Squad with a focus of, you know, being an app that centers friendship. 
So we say it's the easiest and most fun way for you to talk to your close friends every day. We say the product is friendship. The medium is mostly audio, but some other things as well. But you can only have up to 12 people. Um, but it's really bent for and built for everyday connection um, made fun, easy and light, um, because the reality is that we are, you know, essentially losing a lot of connection because in our busy lives and we don't make time for our friends and we think we're caught up because we saw what they posted on Instagram. We saw a really cute Costa Rica vacation, but you know, we've lost a lot of that, that habit of friendship. And that's what squad is as an app. It kind of reinstills the habit of friendship. And is the app, where is it in the, I mean, I don't want to say that, where is it in the life of the app? Maybe that's the best way to put it because it's developed, but where is it in the life thereof? Yeah, so we are, um, we're launched, we are in iOS, uh, we're in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Um, we've been scaling actually through, you know, Brooklyn, a lot of the schools, our biggest demographic is 16 to 25 um, so far. And so, you know, we're continuing to scale, we're actually working on some really big partnerships right now that we'll, we'll name later um, as scaling partners. And so it's it's making its way you know, to the mm. people. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Let's talk about life beyond likes. I think all of this ties in. It seems like there is a common theme of your life and how you came to find some uh, contentment and solace. First, the title, I love it. Talk about how you arrived at the title. Were you, first of all, as an author, were you able to choose your own title? I was, were you, did, did, did people not choose their own title? <laughs> and most times they don't choose their own title. They can suggest, but they don't really choose their own title or their own cover. Oh, no, I chose the title and I designed the cover. Talk about, talk about, the, talk <laughs> about the title, Life Beyond Likes. I mean, I think I know what it means, but I wanna hear you say it. Yeah, I, I've said this before, but I think the like button is one of the most toxic inventions of modern day internet. It's turned us into excessive validation seekers. It's made us, you know, detach from ourselves and attach ourselves to the self-worth or attach our self-worth to like validation from other people, other people will never laugh in the same room with. And we've gotten to this point where loneliness was an epidemic before COVID and COVID kind of exacerbated that. And now we have the Surgeon General coming out just a few weeks ago saying that it's actually officially a public health threat now. And so life beyond likes, logging off your screen and into your life was built to amplify the message that, hey, by the way, this is kind of how social media is changing how we feel about ourselves, how we navigate our lives. And B, this is the framework to actually center joy in our lives because the reality is that the more depressed we are, what are we doing? We're doom scrolling. Um, we're consuming the perfected highlight reels of other people and then in turn thinking that we're not enough. And so um, that's kind of the essence of the book, but it, it marries a lot of storytelling and research to really make it digestible and a fun read. Two things that, that you just brought to mind. One is I always use that concept of Instagram. 
um, that you just see people's highlights, right? It's like Sports Center. And then yep. the other thing is talk about just the brain drain because you know we sit around and we'll look at Instagram reels or reels of TikToks for an hour, and it just doesn't make us productive at all, does it? No, it doesn't. And quite frankly, the apps are designed to to keep you on. The algorithms are designed to to you know, the things that make you feel emotional, the things that, you know, drag you in, they know what those topics are for you. Um, and so the the reality is that we use that as, as a way of passively going through time. Um, and quite frankly, you know, we are not meant as humans to consume the amount of information that's put in front of our face every day. And so we are constantly trying to make a lot of things smaller, trying to process a lot more, but it just makes us numb to a lot of things, essentially. And, you know, I go back to the, you know, just kind of honing on your point, Bakari, you know, we get caught up because we live a whole life that's messy. It's full of family messes. I just got off the, the chat with my therapist <laughs> talking about my stuff of the week, right? It's full of work messes, money messes. And then on Instagram, you're seeing people's perfect. You're seeing people's, you know, promotions and their babies and their vacations. And then we compare our whole messy life to that snippet. And the more we're consuming that perfection, the more we're genuinely feeling bad about ourselves. I ask uh, this of every author that comes on the show, um, but how did this, how did writing this book change you, if at all? You know, I, I think that <laughs> one of the things that I've struggled with, and I, I write about this journey in the book, is just my vulnerability. I think as a Black woman, you're supposed to show up as strong all the time. You're supposed to show up as, you know, having it together all the time. And the reality is that I don't have it together all the time and I don't feel strong all the time. And, and that's okay. And writing and integrating my stories and my journey with vulnerability um, and being able to, to share like really personal things um, and integrate that into the research. I thought that was a big change and kind of almost a level up for me, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, the reality is that no one can validate me the way that I can validate me. And my fear of being vulnerable, my fear of sharing these things, Michelle Obama talks a lot about, you know, the concept of fear and how she deals with it. Um, you know, I kind of relinquished that. And so I think on the other side of writing this book, I think I felt stronger um, and I felt, you know, more like I was able to validate myself. Let me ask you a science question. Um, can you talk about the psychological reason why the likes are so enticing for so many people such that social media has become that integral role? Like some people just live and die for social media, which to me is just fucking weird. Um, and what is it about some of us who aren't driven by likes? Is there something anatomically different about those folks? Yeah, it's, it's, there's a dopamine. Um, there's a dopamine play here. And so when you get that like you are there's there's a dopamine response in your brain that's that's actually very similar to studies where a rat gets rewarded for food mm. right um well rat gets rewarded with food right and so what happens is that you know barbara and five others like this and then that turns into you know bakari and 115 others like this and that like notification was actually one of the first notifications on the platform um because they knew that was a thing that would draw you back and so it's it's really kind of the interaction and the short-term spikes of dopamine but i always say that the long-term sustained dopamine hits come from 
intentional relationships and it it comes from investing in your joy in a real way, that spike may just be a spike, kind of like a blood sugar spike, but it always comes right back down. And so that's what we're reacting to, that, that dopamine hit. How do we move beyond likes? Do we just cut off all of our access to social media? Uh, how do we engage on these platforms in a way that doesn't engross us, but also allows us to use these platforms in ways that are more fruitful and productive? Or do we just all download squad? <laughs> well, you should definitely download squad and handle that with your squad. But um, as far as, you know, what we should do, sometimes, you know, we're to the point where 61% of Americans just reported are reporting consistently feeling lonely, 51% of young mothers. And, you know, I tell people, try a social media detox, right? If you find that you're scrolling, you know, all the time, you're not really satisfied in your your life in general, you know, it may be time for a detox where you take a break, you either take it off your phone or delete it all or deactivate it altogether. Um, But, you know, what that does is that allows us to get regrounded in our own life, to get regrounded in our own feelings, because, you know, Dr. Brene Brown, she says, you know, we live in this era of scarcity where the first thing we think about in the morning is that we didn't get enough sleep. And the last thing we think about in the evening is that we didn't get enough done. And then when are we doom scrolling social media in our most vulnerable hours, right? And so that's one thing. Um, I tell people to really invest in your friendships. You know, a third of millennials are saying that they don't, and Gen Z are saying that they don't have a close friend. Um, and that's actually, you know, the the stats for the, the boomers and, you know, the generation above, much, much lower, right? And I think that if we had a little bit of intentionality with our friends, the way that we do with our work counters, because on the work counters, we got the pre-meeting for the post-meeting for the re-meeting for the re-meeting, right? But we don't have nothing on the calendar for our friends. I say, take your friendship calendar, plop something there a, it, once a week, whether it's Thursday night dinners or Saturday morning brunches, and just fill it in over time because you're going to be busy and your, your calendar is going to fill up with all the busy things. And the last thing I'll say is find your joy centers. Like for me, I'm a skydiver. Um, I skydive two to three times a, a month. Yes. And I, I find my meditative space jumping out of a plane at 14,000 feet. Um, and <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know it sounds counterintuitive, but I, you, you take so much perspective from up there, you know, and I'm, I'm really like grounded and, you know, you're, not, you're, you're not grounded. You're not, <laughs> you're literally, you are literally the opposite of grounded. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so grounded. And so it, I, I started in the sport is a mental health reset, but it took me a while to find that thing. So finding the joy centers, I think is great. And yes, I, I do recommend skydiving for people who want to try it. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians 
who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So I've got a teenager going to college in the fall. They're big TikTokers. Uh, how do your insights apply to teenagers who are more social media driven than many of us? And how do you advise parents to help their kids, quote, get beyond the likes? Yeah, one of the, there's a study, there's studies that have come out that show that teenagers in particular in this day and age are not developing friendship habits. Um, and so I've, I've oftentimes encouraged people to, A, you know, create um, friendship time for your teens, whether that's kind of coordinating with other parents to do a mall date or coordinating with other parents to like go to Six Flags. Um, you know, I think that a lot of times these teens are missing out on that. And we grew up with like learning how to doom scroll. They grew up with doom scrolling being a central part of like their day to day. So that that's one thing on the friendship side. What did side. you call it though? Doom scrolling? Mm-hmm. Why, where does it get that name from? Because it's just kind of, you're, it's, you're just doing it passively, but it's very kind of empty minded. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to start, I'm going to integrate that into my, my terminology. How can people buy the book? Um, they can buy the book anywhere books are sold. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, et cetera. Audible, there's an Audible version if you love my voice. Um, did. did you find, I found reading my own book to be one of the most difficult things I'd ever done. There's certain right. points that I, I, first of all, I just thought it was physically taxing because my throat started hurting I'm on day three. Um, you know, you're in there four, five, six hours. Um, and then at certain parts I forgot to learn, I forgot how to read. You you realize that, that a lot of the words that you write, you don't use in your normal day vocabulary. And mm-hmm. so you're just, I just got, my brain just got exhausted. It was a, it was a tough, tough process, tough process. But it's your voice, right? Yeah, it's my voice. I would say it was a little tiring, but... Um... I kind of, I'm, I'm glad I read it. I'm glad I read it. Yeah. Um, I'm certain people will be glad to hear your voice. One of the last few questions I have for you before I let you get out of here. You also write some really great pieces, pieces for Fast Company that I would encourage people to check out. But one of my favorites is your recent piece about setting boundaries with colleagues around work-life balance. Can you talk about that piece and what caused you to write it? Like who was bothering you so much that you had to write this piece? And how do you build a professional framework for saying no that strikes the right balance between your boundaries and being a good team player in the workplace? Yeah, you know, I I think for me, it was an echo chamber. All my friends around me were just kind of, I had two friends be hospitalized from stress and things of that nature. Um, And as a founder, as an entrepreneur, a tech entrepreneur, VC backed, you don't, their work-life boundary doesn't really exist. And so, um, you know, I think that, you know, what I was just going through was just like, hey, y'all, let's reset. Let's look at how we manage our calendars. Let's look at how we kind of set boundaries and the right boundaries. And this is how you can talk about it with people. And this is how you can set up your week and end your week. Um, I think that a lot of times we don't we don't invest in the tools and we just kind of are on autopilot, but in a in a way that makes us feel depleted all the time. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I 
whether or not it's my legal career or speaking or even when I was in politics, saying no, um, particularly for Black folk who've attained some level of success, becomes the most difficult word that we yeah. have because you feel like you've made it to this point. You owe everybody a piece of you. And it gets mm -hmm. so exhausted. That was profound. Donnie, we got to clip that and use that again, Donnie. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to say thank you for joining the Bukhari Sellers podcast. How can people keep up with you, find you online, keep up with everything that you're doing? And when are we going to get the chemist back? Are you, or is that part, part of you coming back? The scientist part of you coming back? My mom always thought she's like, Isaac, your first love was chemistry. You're, you're in there too. I, after I retire and sell the company, I want to <laughs> make wine. So maybe there. Are you, coming? are you coming to my vineyard I in France? I, first of all, I'm gonna be a founder of your wine company. I'm gonna be one of the, <laughs> I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be back there tasting it. Cause if you can do uh, glyconucleic acid. Glucokinase activators. We're gonna throw some of them in our wine. That's how, that's how we gonna separate it. We we'll all never have diabetes. <laughs> we gonna throw some of that in the wine. You, so, you are so fun. We gotta do this in person. Maybe one day I can be, not in your 12, but like your next 12 of your squad. And we can hang out when I'm in the city. I hope I hope you're doing well. This was a pleasant conversation. Awesome. Thanks so much, Bakari, for having me. Peace be easy.